Praise God. Amen. He is good all the time. And he's good to all. Amen. That's that's a great thing about God. When it says all, you don't have to wonder if you qualify. Amen. You qualify because he's good to all. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Um, why don't we get started? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for understanding. Thank you for blessing us, Lord. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for keeping us. Amen. Thank you, Father, for every good and perfect gift that you bring to us uh, because there is no shadow of turning in you. You will always give us what's good and perfect. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So so the Lord wants us to talk about what's in a name. Amen. What's in a name. <clears throat> We're going to uh, talk about <clears throat> names in general, but also the names of God uh, throughout history and also the name of Jesus, which that name is really above every name. Every great name of God is summed up in that one name, and that is the name of Jesus. Um, it's important for us to understand what a name signifies and, and what we can expect and what we're putting our confidence and our faith in. Amen. And uh, so it, it's just good to understand these things. <clears throat> I see people going back in the Old Testament and finding names. They, everybody has a pet name for God. I call it pet name because that's really what it is. It's something they decide, oh, that sounds good. That sounds important. You know, that's Hebrew enough or you know, that's Old Testament enough, and, and I'll probably make some people think I'm real deep right. when I right. <laughs> when I call by that name. I remember when I started in, in church, uh, I won't tell y'all when it was. No, it wasn't with Moses. Everybody got something they won't say, but anyway, no, but, uh, but anyway, um, but it was vogue to, um, tell people what the Greek meant and what the Hebrew meant and all this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, you just sat there and you thought, well, okay, where do we go from here? How do I get my bills paid? How do I keep from shooting my husband when I go back being in the presence of the Lord? You know, so, but, uh, you know, we have these things that kind of flow through the body of Christ, and then when the dust settles, I don't think you're more clear on what you believe than you were before you had all of that deep stuff. But we're going to talk about uh, why it's important. Why did Jesus say, use my name? What does a name mean? Amen. So in, in, in we'll do a little little history through the word. It won't won't take a whole lot of time, but uh, we need to understand the development of, of why uh, names are important. The the word Hebrew term for name here I go being deep, but I just I'm gonna give you one Greek word, one Hebrew word, that's it. But the word shem, S H E M, and it means to set a mark. Amen. So when you when you name someone, you mark them, amen. They are marked with the name that you put upon them, amen. So you God marked His Son with the name Jesus, which means Savior, because it spoke to the purpose of His life, amen. His coming was to save humanity from sin. The, the name designates a person. But also it stands for fame, 
renown, reputation, and character. So, and, and we all know that if you look up the, you know, when, when, uh, people, women are expecting, they give you the baby book with all the names in them, what they mean, and you want to name your child well, you know, so that it speaks to something that is expressed, uh, or, or there's, there's a vision that a parent has for a child. It speaks of your destiny. It speaks of value. Uh, what, what people, what people are feeling many times, uh, when, uh, um, God took the kingdom away from Eli and his sons and there was great destruction and, and they were all killed. Uh, his, uh, one of the sons whose wife gave birth to a baby called him Ichabod because the glory had departed from Israel. So you will see names designating, uh, significant events throughout the Bible, uh, things in biblical history, uh, turns, a turning of events, and so forth and so on. And so names are significant because they do speak to a person's renown, reputation, and character it, that, it, that has been gained or is expressed. Uh, Genesis 6-4 talks about giants who were in the land and they were men of renown. So they, they, it was a whole race of men that excelled in everything. They, they were giants. And so when you see that word giant, it conjures up some kind of image in your mind of greatness, either great in stature, great physically. Uh, we talk about sometimes, um, people who have done great, um, had great ministries in God as being giants in the faith. And so, uh, names that become familiar to us after a while, uh, Oral Roberts, that name conjures up greatness in our minds, somebody who uh, was greatly used by God. So your name can speak of who you are, but it can also project your, your final destination in life. Amen. And so names are, are significant. Um, uh, there number of people in the Bible have named their children because of, of times of depression, uh, things that didn't happen, um, uh, well. There was a, one, uh, one teaching that went through the body of Christ. I forget now how long ago, maybe 10 years or so ago. I forget the guy's name. They, Jabez. Remember him? And, and yeah, and everybody's doing a prayer of Jabez and, Ain't got no more Jabez than they had before they did it. But you know what I'm saying. It sells books. Let me think. Uh, but anyway, um, there are many, many times that we will see uh, in the word certain things are signified by their name. Uh, many times when when God set a people for destruction, he would say their name would be blotted out. Amen. So uh, having your name blotted out really talks about insignificance and how maybe you did not live up to what God uh, said you were supposed to be. Names also designate nations, peoples, countries. Um, The name Christian designates the people who serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, amen, who serve the one true and living God. So your name denotes when when you tell someone you are a Christian, that allows them to expect certain things from you. 
So your name also sets out a path for you to fulfill. Amen. So you, you begin to become identified by your name. Many times people will put one name ahead of another name. Amen. Uh, if you want to be known by your ethnic origin, or do you want to be known as a child of God? So you will designate one over the other, but it is common that we would have more than one identity through through a name. And so your name speaks to many, many attributes about you. It can speak to your family, um, significance in your family, what your family thinks about you, uh, what your family uh, understands about you, and so forth and so on. Your name can, can designate a destination in life and a projection of where somebody thought you should be going. Amen. Some, the value that you have. Um, I, I was speaking, who was, who was that? I was praying with somebody in the, oh, I know it was Alicia. Well, you got sisters, Diamond and Emerald. Those are her sister's names. Emerald. Who is, who is, now there's somebody else. There's another little jewel in your family. No more? Okay. All right. It's Emerald. Emerald. And, and, and so the Lord told me to tell you, I said, Tell her that the devil is fighting you to live up to your name. And I asked her, who gave you that name? She said, my dad. I said, well, he expects great things of you. Amen. And don't ever forget that. Somebody put you on the right path. Amen. With your name. So those things are very significant. And many times the enemy will fight us to keep us from living up to our name and what our name, your name really signifies your destination in life to many in many realms your name also a name also signifies authority to speak or to write in one's name signifies that you have authority to use that name amen it will 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 have authority to use that name let me see if i've got a good scripture for that second kings 21 verse 8 Help me, Lord. Second Kings twenty one eight. Now see I threatened to take that baby's money. He done got real quiet now. That's how you get him. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, this person has authority. In verse uh, 21, 8, Neither will I make the feet of Israel move any more out of the land which I gave their fathers. That's authority. Only if they will observe to do according to all I have commanded them and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. And so having authority oftentimes is contingent upon obeying the one who gives you the authority. Amen. But your name signifies authority. If if I were to say, for instance, um, uh, um, someone needs to do things for you legally, to transact business for you legally, they will get you to sign your name on a power of attorney 
so that they can transact business, certain amount of business in your name. So your name signifies your the authority to operate. If you sign a contract, your name on that contract signifies that that contract is in force and it can be uh, executed according to the terms of that contract. So a name always signifies authority. Calling one's name over a place or over a people indicates ownership. So if you put your name over a place or over a people, it signifies ownership. Let me see, Second Samuel 12. I think it's verse 28 here, 12, 28. Now, therefore, gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it, lest I take the city and it be called after my name. So God says, if you will do this, you'll take the city and it'll have your name on it, the name that you designate. If I have to take it, then I will put my name over the city and I claim ownership to that. God wanted Israel to possess the land that he gave them. And sometimes he had to tempt them and threaten them to get them to go in and take the land like he has to do us sometimes. He's given us the things that we need that pertain to life and to godliness, and yet we sit back and wait for him to bring it to us. And so many times, you know, in but, but signifying putting your name over something signifies ownership of that thing. That's why it's good. You'll see many times people uh, over there, their house or you go up to somebody's house and it'll say the Joneses or the Smiths or something like that that signifies the Smiths own this house or they stole it from somebody but the name on there definitely signifies ownership so to be called having having your name called over something and many times in Israel the people would just begin to claim things by speaking over it Amen. Uh, they would they would possess number one by the their feet their feet stepping on on the land, but also you could possess by speaking over it. You just begin to call it what you want it called, and that name stuck, and you had ownership there. Amen. So to act also to act in one's name means to represent them. Jesus said we could cast out devils in his name. So we can exercise authority using his name to do certain functions that he would do. And he would cast out devils. You can't go rob banks. You can't commit adultery. You can't steal in Jesus' name. You understand what I'm saying? You got me? Because he wouldn't get involved in that kind of stuff. So his name gives you authority over the things that his character would dictate that he would do in that situation. He would heal the sick. That's why we're allowed to do certain things only in his name. So in other words, he said, don't get my name involved in no dumb stuff, no weak stuff. Amen. No sinful stuff. My name is holy and I represent in things related to be holy. Amen. So to be called or known by name indicates a special individual notice. To be called or known by name 
indicates special individual notice. Let's see what Isaiah 43.1 says. I'll see because it's kind of quick here. Isaiah 43 and verse 1. But now, thus saith the Lord that created you, O Jacob, and he that formed you, O Israel, mm-hmm. fear not, I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name, and you are mine. So he's given us our names, and we belong to him. When we, when we get born again, he gives you the name Christian. Amen. He gives you the name. He gives you a a description of what a Christian is by calling us also believers. He also calls us his bride. He calls us his beloved. God has many terms by which he describes and he always describes how, how he, we, he sees us in relationship to him. Amen. So when he gives you your name, he has ownership over you. Amen. His ownership over you. And so he is allowed to call you by different names, just like parents give names to their children. And then they will call them, give them nicknames sometimes in, in things like that, or shorten a name, or sometimes children will respond to several variations of their name. And it's because you have the right to name them because they your child. Amen. And so, uh, and, and you want to respect that you have given them a name and that you want them to identify as your child. And so it's always good to, when you call them by name, to also add to uh, encouraging things that you would call them. You know, you're, you're a good helper. You're a sweet child. You're a blessing to me. You know, you, those kinds of things you can also add in. Why? You have ownership and those names will stick. See, those names will stay with them. They'll remember, uh, that mom always called me, you know, special or significant to God or a blessing or something like that. <clears throat> um, Names are permanent. Genesis two nineteen and 20, Adam called every animal, he named every animal, and what he called them, that's who they were. The name stuck. So they weren't a tiger one day and a turtle the next. Amen. Because when you confer, when you have authority to give a name, that name sticks on that person. Amen. Uh, you know, kids who are confused sometimes, I don't like my name. I don't. <laughs> they get over it, though. You understand what I'm saying? Because what they get it in, it sticks. Amen. I don't care if they don't like it. I want to be, you know, kids go through that. I, I want to be named Mary. That's a better name than what I got. I don't want to be no Barb, you know, that kind of stuff. And they fight that fight for a season after a while. They just cave in, you know, okay. I'm not Mary. I'm Barb, you know, so call me. Just don't call me late to dinner. You know what I'm saying? We kind of, kind of mellow out and settle out to accepting who we are and what we are called. A name, the word name also means to say, to speak, to mark out, or to call. To name something means to say, speak, mark out, or call. Especially in relation to God. So when God calls us by name, that name 
really designates our identity, who we are. What did I say also? It, it, we have been marked out and designated in a certain way in relation to God. Amen. In relation to God. God reveals himself to Moses by the name Jehovah in Exodus 3, 13 and 16. That word Jehovah talks about his nature that in which he was manifested on the behalf of the children of Israel. So Jehovah was, was a hyphenated name and behind that were certain properties and manifestations where God would reveal himself. So Jehovah really means the Lord God and Jireh is provider. We, we call it provider or he provides himself, himself provides for us. In other words, we don't have to provide for ourselves. Himself provides for us. Amen. Jehovah um, uh, Rapha, my healer. God himself, Jehovah God, the Lord God provides healing for us. Now, it was common for God to reveal himself to Israel little by little, to his called out people little by little, because people had many needs and they lived around pagans who served many gods. So if a pagan needed to be healed, they would call a god. But then if he needed something else, he called another god. They never answered, but this is the way their minds worked that one God showed up for one thing, another God showed up for something else. God said, I am the Lord God. I am Jehovah God, which means I am Lord over everything. So if you need Rapha, that's me. Amen. If you need Jireh, that's me too. And, you know, if you need the Lord of war, that's me also. And so God began to reveal his name to them as the Lord God of all. So eventually they began to understand, well, this same God keeps showing up every time we need something different. So we must have one God. Amen. When God gave them the law, he said, hero Israel, the Lord, your God, he is one God. He's not a bunch of gods. He is one God. And so he began to get them to settle into the fact that they were not like the pagans who lived around them, but they were different because those people had to run off and find a different God every time they needed something. We can worship one God and he provides for all. And so they began to understand that they didn't have to pray a different prayer if they needed meat and a different prayer if they needed bread they could pray to one god one prayer and begin to worship him which was better their provision israel's provision came mostly through worship that's a hint for people who like to think you got to beg and you got to do this and got that you ever try worshiping god for a good i'd say 15 20 minutes half hour every day and see how much better your life goes So we can adopt the same principles, amen, because that's God's law. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Blessed is the man who worships the Lord and delights greatly his commandments. He will have wealth and riches in his house. His seed will be mighty upon the earth. What else do you need in your house? And it's all from worshiping God, amen. 
Lift up holy hands. Bless the Lord at all times. Keep him close to you. You'll begin to understand all your needs are met. You worship God real good. You won't be fearful. You won't be doubtful. You won't be wondering when it's coming. Amen. Which is doubt. Amen. <laughs> we don't say that, but it is. But uh, it, 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 the same principle holds true. Amen. And so when you worship him and call him by name. Amen. You worship him in the name of Jesus and the authority that that name brings with them. So the redemptive names of God were names that they called in relation to a need. And God would, the same God would show up in response to all of those redemptive names. As they called on him for each need, they found out that he was the same God. In other words, he would tell them, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember me? I'm the same one who promised your ancestors all those wonderful things. So when you call on me, you get all of the things that I have provided and promised throughout the ages. So he begins to be true to his promise and true to his name. Pagans, as we said, had many gods. They had no knowledge of the one true and living God. The one true and living God comes through repentance and revelation. Man, it always does. Even in the Old Testament, they had to turn away. Remember Naomi and, and uh, uh, her two daughters-in-law, uh, the one uh, um, the one daughter-in-law that followed her, Ruth, was the one who repented. Isn't that right? Don't make me go back there and crack that book open real deep. But she vowed a vow to her. She said, wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you stay, I'll stay. Your people, your peeps, my people, your God, my God. Amen. And so uh, these things are true throughout man's dealings with God. The way to get to God is always through turning your back on what you used to be, what you used to like, who you used to serve, where you used to go, the whole, the whole nine yards. That's repentance. It's not just stepping over in the kingdom and hoping nobody saw you sneak in there. It's about turning away. God knows if you really turned away in your heart, and that's always the way uh, to uh, be the adoption. Ruth was adopted, amen, by God, just like we are adopted by God, amen. So the pagans had many gods. They had no knowledge of the one true and living God. The name Yahweh described his character. Amen. Exodus 34, 6. Let me see what that says. Exodus 34, 6. Somebody's gotten sleepy. (laughs) Okay. And the Lord passed by before him. This was when Moses wanted to see God. Amen. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the children's children to the fourth generation. And so when God passed by Moses, he identified himself 
as Yahweh God, the God who is merciful, the God who is gracious, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness and in truth. That was how Moses needed to know him. Amen. He needed to know that because it was said that you, no man could see God and live, but Moses was willing to take the risk. Amen. He had to see something. And so God hid him in the cliff of the rock. He couldn't see his face, but what he left behind was enough to, to floor him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's why you can't, couldn't see God's face and live. It would just be too glorious for you. And so what he could see was, was what God left behind. In other words, when God interacts with man, that's the fruit of God's interaction. It's a merciful God. He loves you. He's long suffering, slow to anger, abundant in kindness and mercy and truth. So when God leaves his name in a place or a person, a divine manifestation is implied. When God says, I will leave my name in this place, that means that he is leaving something of himself with those people and they can always go back and revisit there. For instance, when, when, uh, the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River and in the middle of that river, God told them to stick some stones up and he said, when, when you pass by and your children see in the future, what does this mean? It's the same thing as leaving his name there. Amen. And, and he would, they would have to explain to the children, how did those stones get way out there in the middle of the, well, it was back in the day. You, you wasn't here. You too little remember that, but, you know, God left us a blessing here. He caused that that uh, 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 river to dry up, and we walked across. We had to step in it first, amen, to make it part different than the Red Sea, amen. It's different. It's it's Red Sea was a dry crossing. The Jordan was a wet crossing, which means that they had to use their faith and their authority to get across. The first time they God kept that water back all night long. So even the most timid person would believe they wouldn't get drowned if they stepped out there. And they walked across as on dry land. So it it was what you do for babies, what you do for new people that don't know you. These people have grown up in God some now. So they have to the priest has to put his foot in the water and believe it's going to recede. Amen. Because he's making warriors out of them. If you don't believe you can cross a, a river, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and it not drown, how are you going to face an enemy that has a sword drawn on you? And so now God is kind of developing their faith and their confidence, toughening them up, amen, so that they don't turn back in the day of battle. So God will leave a, his name in a place. So when he leaves his name in a place, or a person, a divine manifestation is implied. Abram, when God left his name in Abram, he changed it to Abraham. When he left his name as Sarah, she was not Sarai, but Sarah Ra, okay? So that meant that God's ability and God's faith was deposited in them now. Before, it was a come and go thing. 
Remember, Abraham would, would build an altar, altar to God and, and God would go away for a season, but now God is hovering with them. He's making his abode with them. Amen. And so they begin to walk with God and God walks with them. Instead of the visitation, they get the divine manifestation. So much so that Abraham gave, gave Sarah strength to conceive. Amen. And she brought forth a baby when she was 90 years old and, and Abraham a hundred years old. So their divine ability in God brought forth the promise. So when God puts his name in us, we are Christians and, and we use the authority of the name of Jesus. That means a divine ability, divine faith, divine manifestation resides in us. God manifests his divinity in us in many, many ways. Number one, we have the mind of Christ. You don't think like you used to think, at least most of the time. Amen. You have to be provoked out of the mind of Christ because most of us have more peace when we think like God because we can speak like God, we can act like God, and we get the results of God. You lose it when the enemy distracts you, provokes you, or something like that. But but you have to be pushed out of that. Because that's true, because God has left his name in you. He's left his identity in you. We have the Holy Spirit who is able to lead us and guide us in the way of truth. If we will yield to it. Amen. So it's always good to yield to the, the, the power of God. There, you don't have to sin as a Christian, not habitually. You know, you, you're such a poor sinner now compared to the way you used to be before God met you. You know, the, the devil keeps people worked up wondering, you know, I, you know, I, I, I just don't know if I can live like that. I can't live like that. Yes, you can. You can live like Jesus. I know you can. Huh? If not, we all a bunch of frauds and pretenders sitting up here. Cause most of us ain't even halfway trying most of the time. Hmm? You know, most of us, you know, we kind of set on automatic after a while. We, we do things that we know keep us close to God. You know what I'm saying. You don't go to them old haunts no more. You don't give your time and your money and all that to nonsense. So you keep yourself, that's automatic. You know, some of the things, the spiritual things that you do automatically keep you walking with God, keep you in the protection of God. Amen. It's some things that, you know, you get involved in, you start crossing the line, you'd be sitting right back up there where he found you. Amen. So we, we keep ourselves, I call it automatic, is, you know, some things you just normally do as part of your Christian discipline. It's so much a part of us, we don't even look at it as, as a big thing, you know, as, as any kind of discipline. But it is. Look at how sinners live. Amen. God does certain things for his name's sake. Amen. When you see that term in the Bible, it means that he is doing it out of faithfulness to his revealed character. 
So when when Moses was talking to God one time about, uh, you know, the children of Israel, when Moses went up to get the commandments from God and he came back down and God said, go down there and see what they do, what your kids do with Moses. <laughs> Ain't my kids, Moses. They y'all. You know what I'm saying? And Moses went down and he said they they built a calf. They down there dancing and, and carrying on crazy and everything. And when God got involved talking to Moses about it again, he told him, God said, I'm going to destroy these people and start all over again. And Moses inter- interceded with God and told him, you got a reputation down here. Now, the, the Egyptians know you, what's left of them, as the God that brought, defeated Pharaoh and brought your people out, and you're going to do all of that and then kill everybody? God, for the sake of your name, let them live. Don't make your name look bad. Amen? And so many times, that's why we do certain things. Now, you don't do it consciously. But you say, for instance, you know, I remember when, you know, if you got more than one kid in a school, amen, praise God, the smartest one went through first. He's sitting up in a big house nowhere, you know, he graduated and everything or she graduated. So the children that come after them are going to have a reputation. Oh, your sister was a student. Oh, she was a wonderful student. She got all A's, you know. So you get nervous of getting your book, one of the two, but you got a reputation, amen, to uphold. So your name signifies and causes people to expect a certain level of behavior, character, integrity, amen. And and also, God's name is revealed, it, not just his character, but his character revealed in covenant relationship with people. You told me that if we served you, and you told me up on the mount, God, you just said, you was long-suffering, merciful, all that kind of good stuff. What happened? Huh? And so sometimes we can hold people to the reputation of their name. Amen. You can hold people to the reputation of their name. People will will say things like, well, I know if I give so and so this to do, they'll do it. You know, uh, you know, they won't pout and carry on and, and, you know, get all upset and leave it half done and, you know, get a headache, a migraine, south grain, whatever people get. You understand what I'm saying? Like that's like that's an excuse. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you know, you can come to the altar and get healed. So sickness is not going to stop you from doing what God wants you to do. If you have integrity, you will step up and do what God tells you to do. Why? You're holding up his name. Amen. And you are trying to live up to that name of Christian. What do Christians do? They forsake everything for the sake of obeying God. You got me? So I know people just, you know. We're too easy on each other sometimes because you'll never know what's inside of you until you let God develop it out of you. And it's developed under difficult circumstances. Amen. We, you know, all them little bumper stickers when the going gets rough, the rough get going or tough get going or whatever, you know, and, and the wimps faint, the wimps cry. (laughs) You'll learn how to stop crying though. And, and get up and find find your uh, Christian womanhood and your Christian manhood, 
Amen. And keep it moving. Amen. Praise God. I remember um, when we, um, for our empowerment meetings, I would have all the people on the road crew would stay out at my house. I wasn't going to chase people and wait for people on Saturday morning. That was out. So that was the rule. And uh, <laughs> so I remember uh, Pam Henderson. She would get twisted up with uh tone with big tone and they'd be just a talking and carrying on and she'd be yeah 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 and i see pam she was you know she hadn't put her coat on she hadn't got her stuff yet and i told her i said listen tony get his christian manhood on and he gonna leave you sitting right up here i said because when that goes off in him and he knows god tells him cut it off and let's leave we gone honey so if you don't have your books down you don't have your this down we leaving you so, but, but that's the way it is with people who are, have that integrity of the call of God in them. They can be talking to you in mid-sense and before you know it, they gone. Cause they moved off to what God is, when that bell goes off in you and you know it's time to cut the nonsense and get to work, you cut the nonsense and get to work. So she saw Tony get in and start backing that bus up one day and she was standing there and said, I told you. <laughs> but you know, people have to understand that there's a holy call in them where God is preserving your character, your integrity, and your name. Amen. So that your name doesn't get on the iffy column, you know, just saying that to tell you, amen, that, that this is how God looks at things and this is how he uh, assigns people. So we're working to make sure our name says who we really are and who God called us to be. And it doesn't say anything else about you but that. Amen. So, amen. <clears throat> to call upon God's name means to worship him. Amen. That's an Old Testament reference, Genesis 21:33. It talked about those who called upon the name of the Lord, and that means they worshiped him. They singled him out for worship above all other gods. To confess his name means to acknowledge him as God. Amen. So when you confess his name, like people will say, uh, well, I confess Christ at an early age. You see that on the obituaries all the time. But, uh, you know, we confess Christ at an early age. Everybody does, you know. And uh, it means to acknowledge him. How? In the way that you confess him. I confess him as Savior. I confess him as Lord. I confess him as God above all. I confess him as the one that I'm committed to. I confess him. Amen. So it means to acknowledge him in that way. Jeremiah 23, 21 talks about forgetting God's name. When you forget his name, it means to depart from him. It means to, amen, it means to uh, uh, cease relationship, depart, backsliders, forget his name. Now, they don't talk about God. They talk about other stuff. That's why they backslid. Amen. I mean, to minister, to speak, or prophesy in his name signifies your divine appointment and authority. So when you prophesy in the name of Jesus, it means that he has appointed you to do such, and you have the authority to speak that utterance in his name. Amen. 
prophecy from heaven is always uh, the wisdom that from that's from above. Amen. It's peaceable, easy to be entreated. It will bear good fruit. Amen. It won't leave confusion and disappointment. And so when you are called to prophesy, even though it it's it may not be good news all the time, I tell people this. I said, but you'll still have peace about it. Amen. Uh, when when Daniel uh, was called upon to answer an interpretation of a prayer, he said, it's not in me to know. In other words, the gift is not mine. It's God's, but he will give you an answer of peace. In other words, it will settle things for you. Amen. It'll settle the question. It may not reverse totally bad news, but it will settle you when God answers. Amen. Other answers that you might get that don't settle you don't come from God. Amen. To blaspheme or to curse his name means to take his name in vain. And it was punishable by stoning. Amen. So whenever what most people back in in Hebrews would would use the word, uh, they wouldn't even pronounce the word Yahweh. They would say <gasps> like that, like an astonishment or it was so awesome and holy. They didn't say the words. It was <gasps> that that's who God was in in. He was a breath of life, folks. It, it signified what he brought to you and what he meant to you. So the name of Jesus, the Bible says that it is the name that is above every name. The name of the name and character of Jesus were revealed before he was born. His character is revealed throughout all 66 books of the Bible. So then any man who would come and receive that name would have to fulfill every single jot and tittle of prophecy that was spoken about him. In fact, you'll see that sometimes in, 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 uh, in the Gospels where it will say that it might be fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet. Some things were done just to fulfill what was spoken. You got me? It it wasn't that it was earth shattering or earth shaking. Most of the things were. But but every single thing that was spoken, like in Isaiah it says he made his his uh grave with the rich in his death. Well a rich man had to buy a grave for Jesus. So Joseph of Arimathea was had a grave already. He he begged for Jesus' body. They weren't willing to let him have it. They, the uh, Jews wanted to make sure they knew where his body was because they were afraid he was going to be raised from the dead. They had a little more faith than the disciples did. Disciples were sure he was dead, period. At least the Jews were a little scared he might get up. See, they have faith in something. And so when when he it, he even fulfilled that prophecy, the prophecy about Judas was fulfilled, amen, that that his guts were spilled out when he committed suicide. He threw himself from, from a mountain in a cliff. All of these things are done, minute details are done to fulfill prophecy. Why? Because we must know that we serve a God of integrity, that he's perfect in all his ways. Less, why would you believe that he would answer any prayer that you would pray if he hasn't answered the ones that were spoken of him, whether they're big or small or indifferent? 
everything that was spoken about Jesus was fulfilled. So that when, when people began to wonder if he was the Messiah, they wondered based on things that they knew about him and he seemed to fit the bill, but no, it's, he might be Elijah. You understand what I'm saying? So there was confusion about his identity all the way up to the cross. And then when he went to the cross, most of his disciples were sure he was not the one. You got me? Why? Because nobody was hanging around the grave to see if he got up on the third day. You got me? It's Mary was the only one there. It's not certain whether she she knew he was going to die because she anointed him to, for his burial. She felt to do certain things toward him, like pouring the, the ointment on his feet and, and all of that kind of stuff. And she felt to do these things, so she was kind of putting it together. But it's also possible that she showed up at the grave because she did have some spices with her. They wanted to finish burying him, you know, perfuming his body, embalming his body, in other words. So, but she had faith to show up. You got me? She had faith to show up and he did the rest. You see how he helps our faith anyway? Amen. If you, you can be in the right place at the right time, not knowing why you're there and God will bless you for showing up where you're supposed to be. Amen. You know, we, none of us ever knows the whole picture. You know, he'll tell you to go somewhere and go some, do this and do that. Or I want you to go pray for somebody and you get there and that person's not there. And then you wonder, what am I doing here? Then you see the real person you were supposed to pray for. You got me? And so God does these things. He helps our faith. He, he does it. So the name of Jesus, his name and character were revealed before he came. And the one who fulfilled everything that was spoken of him was he. Amen. In um, uh, the the word onoma, which is name, indicates the character or work of a person. And it indicates their authority. So the Greek word for name indicates their character and their work and their authority. Greek language has more, I guess you could say, more intrinsic value. They look more internally at people than you will see external. That's just their language has that slant through. In other words, in Greek culture, people thought if you had good character, that was something that, that was of value. So you'll see a lot of a lot of phrases having to do with character as well as Ability, physical ability, where character and wisdom and things like that stand out even more. Um, <clears throat> uh, uh, Luke one thirty one says, "His name shall be called Jesus, because he will save your people from their sins." The name of Jesus always manifests the fullness of God. All of the attributes of God are manifested. In that name. That's why a second in Philippians 2 uh, 9, we'll turn, turn to that so that you'll know what the Bible says about Philippians 2 9.
verse 7 says this. Now, this is the way to greatness as everybody's wanting greatness all of a sudden. So this is the way you get it. He says he made himself of no reputation. <laughs> so get off Facebook telling people you great. Put the crown down. You know what I'm saying? A little tiara. Amen. He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in that likeness, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. For that reason, God also has highly exalted him. Now, that's when the greatness comes. Number verse nine don't come until you get through seven and eight. If you make it, most of us get on the cross for about ten minutes, then we wiggle down. Say, no, I don't like that. We ain't gonna just there. Says, wherefore God also has highly, highly, highly exalted him, highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and earth and under the earth. So that's all three realms. That name is above every name. So if you go under the earth, the name of cancer exalts itself and takes people out of here. But Jesus' name is above the name of cancer, which is from under the earth. Amen. Death is under the earth. The name of Jesus is bigger than death. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the Father is glorified when the Son is declared Lord. So when people get saved, that's why angels rejoice in heaven over one sinner that repents. Amen. Because then then God is glorified. The Father feels good. The Father can manifest good things when the Son's name is exalted. Amen. So the name of Jesus actually manifests God because it is the name above every name. It is also above the Old Testament names of God. For all you Yah, Yahweh, and all that Abba, and all them other little pet names you want to call God like he's somebody you control and you own. You know, if people would stick with the Bible, we'd be all right. Yes. Jehovah Jireh is God, is Jesus. Jehovah Rapha is the name of Jesus. You got me? He's the God who heals us. People want to substitute Yeshua or Yeshua Hamashiach but for Jesus. You can't do that. It says his name is above every. His name is Jesus. It's not all this other stuff. It's above the Old Testament names of God, the redemptive names of God, because we don't have to remember all them names. You just need one name. Amen. I remember when people used to, have all that stuff and try to memorize them all and they still trying to memorize them why because the name of jesus cancels all that out when you get sick you ain't trying to did you no you calling on jesus please your spirit knows that it's a name above all names if, if your head don't want to accept it <laughs> 
when we use terms like in the name or for the sake of his name, it's equivalent to Jesus himself presenting himself in that place. He actually presents himself in that place. To call upon his name means to be accepted by him. In Mark 16, 17, and 18, it says we are to preach in his name. We are to cast out devils in his name. We are to heal the sick in his name. And we are to raise the dead in his name. Cleanse lepers in his name. All the healing work that's done on the earth is done in the name of Jesus. No other name. Amen. When we are baptized in his name. That means that we are now entering into identification with his life. You must be born again. You cannot be baptized a sinner without confessing and repenting of your sins. You know, many people, you know, you get baptized when you're a kid and then you get really saved when you have problems (laughs) because you found out the water didn't save you. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is superior. Let me tell you why, if you don't know why. Amen. When, when, uh, who was it? Philip met the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts and he began to pray. He, when he prayed for him, he began to expound scriptures to him and the Holy Ghost fell. And the eunuch began to speak in other tongues. And he says, well, what? I got the Holy Ghost now. What's to keep me from being water baptized? You got me? You got the Spirit of God in you. The water baptism is just an outward show of your commitment to Christ. Amen? Amen. And so get the power, folks. You know what I'm saying? Don't argue about these little small things, but make sure you are empowered. Amen. He believes and is baptized will be saved. He believes not will be he uh, be damned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. Amen. So that's not talking about water baptism. That's you don't get healing power and you don't get healing faith without praying in tongues. You just don't. It didn't come before then. Amen. Jesus had empowered the disciples at Bethany with the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and they received the measure of the Holy Spirit for remission of sins. He said, whoever sins you remit, they're remitted. Whoever sins you retain. So anybody who's born again can forgive people. You got me? It's it's simply for the forgiveness of sins and you can be forgiven too. But he told him, now listen, don't go nowhere and start blowing yourself up on Facebook on that amount of the Holy Ghost. Wait until you get endued with power from on high and then you'll go and be my witnesses. Amen. So the power for witnessing and manifesting the works of Christ comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit evidenced by praying in tongues. You know, you'll have some people, people used to say, well, um, you baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you haven't released your prayer language. Well, what's keeping you from doing it? People know what they have. If they don't have tongues, they know they don't have tongues. Pray for them people and get them endued with power. Quit playing games with people like them. To believe on his name means to believe in him 
as manifested in his life and work. Amen. When you believe on the name of Jesus, you believe him as manifested in his life and work. So you must believe when you believe in the name of Jesus and you do things in that name, you got to believe God is going to show up and do exactly what Jesus did when he walked the earth. You got me? And more. Because we have a better covenant. He has been given all power in heaven and earth. When, when before he was glorified, he did not have all power. He had what the father, uh, allowed him to receive in, in that measure that he needed at the time. But now because he has released that power to so many people, there's no stops on it. Amen. Why would he stop in the power he gives us when we will get into situations and we don't even know what we need to do with for people? So you got to have faith to believe that if God sends you somewhere and he opens your mouth and fills it with words, that he will manifest himself in the way needs to be manifested in that situation. Amen. And And don't try to live off theatrics. I know what I'm saying. You know, you could start out with a good idea and on the way there, your imagination's blown it up so big. You just, you know what I'm saying. Just chill out, man. We're servants. So, um, in the name of the Lord, that means that you are sent by God and you come in his name. That means he sent you. So I come to you in the name of Jesus means that Jesus sent me here to do what I'm doing. Amen. Um, in Acts chapter 4, 7, there's a question here. When something happens, people want to know how it happened. Who do you attribute it that to? This is Peter and John, and after they had prayed for the lame man at the gate, beautiful, all the religious people now want to um, stone them, accuse them, put them to death. So they bring them before the rulers and the high priest. Verse 7, when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And so they want them to confess that they have done it in the name of Jesus so they have something to accuse them of because they accuse Jesus of the same things. So the Peter and John were not shy about expressing what the Holy Ghost put on their hearts to express. This did not call for a yes or no answer. This called for the preach. You got me? We have to get out of the, the habit of defending That's not your job. Your job is to open your mouth and let God fill it with words. Amen. They could have said, well, in the name of Jesus and and he was a holy man, y'all put him to death and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was wrong and all that would have stirred up more. So this is your open door to preach what God tells you to preach. And that's what you do. The more the more humble and honest and transparent you are, the better your witness is. Mm-hmm. the better your witness is. Don't be ashamed to tell people you've made mistakes and where God found you. Don't don't be afraid to to own that for a minute so that God can be glorified. Amen? Yeah. 
<clears throat> what name caused these things to happen? That's what they want to know. They think it's just mentioning a name. Amen. Uh, some other people thought that and they found out something different. Now the name of Jesus represents his power, his authority, his works, working of miracles in his name. The gospel is to be preached in his name. And then he will confirm what you preach with signs following. Don't be after a sign. Be after finding out what he wants you to say first. If you don't get the words right, the sign will never come. Amen. There are people that, you know, when they find out, you know, God's anointed them with his power, they want to see everybody hit the floor. You know what I'm saying? And wrestle with people at the altar. And, uh, you know, come on now. It's, we vote you the best, okay? So get it over with and just go on about your business. But do they get up healed? Did you, do you know, did you put the word forth for them? Did you pray for them? Is there a real anointing there that, that you know how to work with? A lot of people have, have the ability sometimes just because of how you've been mentored and who you sit under. You know, that power will come into your life. But you still got to learn how to work with the Holy Spirit and speak out of that spirit so that power will manifest the way God wants it to. Amen. In Acts chapter 16, you see some people that tried to use the name and didn't didn't know how to do it. Where did I see this one? Is it this one 16? Is it Acts 19? Okay. Yeah, thank you. In verse 11, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs, aprons, diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. Now, I remember when God told us to start doing that in our meetings. If he doesn't tell you to do that, don't do it. You know, we go around assuming all kinds of stuff. I remember somebody would get up and say, sing this with me. We are anointed. I said, oh, boy, somebody getting ready to get bashed in the head. (laughs) You can't sing it and make it so. You can't make it walk around and make it so. Amen. And if you're anointed, you ought to know what you're anointed to do. The anointing does certain things. It just isn't some, you know, oozy thing. Amen. Amen. So anyway. Okay. So in verse 14, there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did that also. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? Amen. So you're recognized in the spirit. By the authority, number one, of the name. Do you respect the name and do you know the power that it carries? Come on, y'all. Now, don't sit up there and look at me like you just, come on. You didn't just get drop out of the sky. He says here, 
Certain, verse 13, certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, so they said the name, but they had no knowledge of what the name can do. People sometimes use the name of Jesus just to end and co-sign your prayer when you pray in, in Jesus' name. I remember praying for somebody at the altar, and they interrupted me every two words with Jesus' name, name of Jesus, name of Jesus, name of Jesus. They're saying it like it's a superstitious. If they don't say it, that prayer is not going to work. The devil's never going to pray a blessing over you. He's never going to pray for you to be healed. So the devils recognize who you are and whether you are coming in that name properly or not. They have to in order for them to obey you. Well, it's evident right here, folks. So don't, don't get squirrely on me, okay? Just because they said Jesus whom Paul preaches does not mean that it, it really, it, it doesn't mean they were, could have been totally unfamiliar with the name. You got me? They could have said that and if they understood the power of the name, them devils would have had to come out because it's who they recognize and what they recognize that gives you the authority. It says it right here, folks. He said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Which means that they have no knowledge of the power of the name. Amen. They have no knowledge of what to do in that name. They're just trying to put something out there and sound like Paul. Amen. And sound like Jesus. But unless God has given you authority and that authority works, it will not be recognized under the earth. You know, you can train your spirit to recognize, to take authority and and you can can yield to the holy spirit and he can train you to take authority but if you get in a situation and you peter out and you get scared and you get nervous there's something wrong there you see what i'm saying so you have to be clear on you understand what the name of jesus really means you have to understand your authority in jesus name you have to and you have to exercise it regularly and you first got to get the devil out yourself. You can't cast out nothing that's got control over you. It's like, stay home. So they turned on him and, and beat him up. That was the fruit of their ministry. They got beat. Now I've heard people say very unique and exotic things about the devil. You know, oh, yeah, they're going to throw up. I said, they ain't throwing up in here. I ain't cleaning up no bar from nobody. They'll come out and behave themselves and get out of Dodge. 
Now you can stir up any kind of anything with your flesh. You know, people just kind of silly sometimes. They like to see a spectacle and they want to see a show. And the same people come back repeatedly to get the same devils cast out of them. So the gospel is to be preached only in the name of Jesus. You come in his name. He confirms our words with signs following. He manifests when his name is used in faith, expecting his character to be revealed in the work that you're doing. So you got to expect Jesus to show up faithfully in what you do when you use his name. You can't wonder if he's going to show up this time. You can't wonder if he's good. You can't wonder about these things. You have to be confident that he has sent you and that he is, he is coming to do, uh, um, in his name what, what he says he will do. I, I can remember being a, a newer Christian. I just felt like I need to go, go pray for certain people if, if, you know, they were sick or something like that. And I would go and the presence of God would, would be there in the room and a person died. And the Lord said, now you got to hold your horses here. He said, I didn't tell you to do this. You went because as somebody you know, and you just didn't want him to die. You understand what I'm saying? All the wanting is on your end and not on theirs. And he told me, he says, I've already talked to him. (laughs) Oh, God, come on. How come you didn't get the team? You couldn't stop me. Team of wild horses couldn't have stopped me. This brother was raised in the church and backslid all his adult life. And the Lord finally told me, he said, I've turned him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit can be saved. I said, oh, like I said. I said, I didn't even know you go there in the Bible with me, God. I'm still on Mark 16. (laughs) I didn't go over. I can get over to that chapter yet. Huh? So just because God shows up, mean nothing, y'all. You got to know, you got a relationship with God where you talk to him. You know what you're doing. He tells you to go on. When you go, I'm going to do this. You can't assume anything. Amen. You have to know. You have to know how to work with the Holy Spirit. It it takes desire to work with him. You just can't read some scriptures and run off and think you can accomplish something. It takes relationship. Amen. Relationship. And that power is not yours. It belongs to him. You just can't go and, and use it like you want to. It belongs to him. So he has the right to not show up in your shenanigans if he decides not to. Amen? Just saying. Amen. Praise God. So stay under authority, folks. Don't get no bright ideas about, you know, you're going to go conquer the world. And, you know, sometimes people get ahead of where God wants them to be. And, um, you know, it, it's like I'll see some people and they've been, you know, taking authority over aches and pains for like 15 years of their ministry and nothing else has developed. 
You understand? Well, I'm thinking, well, if you stay off YouTube, you under, sometimes you just need to get in a prayer closet and talk to God a little bit longer and know, develop relationships so he can help you with this stuff. You're not going to get too much good result if every time you pray for somebody, you're running a video. Can get somebody with you run a video camera? That's where the thief is for your ministry. The authority to cast out devils is only in the name of Jesus because that name has to be recognized under the earth. Amen. It has to have all power under the earth. And that's the name of Jesus. There's only one name that has power under the earth. Amen. To pray in the name of Jesus, ask anything in his name. It means that we are to pray as his representatives on earth. And he responds from heaven, completing his mission. We do this that our joy would be full. So when you use his name, he will show up with enough power to do the job and to make your joy full. That's why he leaves his name. We are to hold fast to his name. Don't let it slip. Don't start using his name in vain. Don't start, you know, getting cutesy with his name. You know, I've heard people instead of saying amen, they Jesus. Come on now. Let's stop it. Grow up. Understand and respect that name. That's the name that saved you. Amen. You know, people say all kinds of outrageous things. Just they think they're sounding spiritual. You understand what I'm saying? But they're really using his name in a vain way. There's, there's, you don't need to shout out his name every, every time somebody says something. Just let yourself, you know, be normal. You know, I mean, church people, we always had a temptation. The devil's sitting there all the time trying to get us to look more spiritual than the next person, trying to get us to do something to be noticed and outlandish and all that kind of stuff. He just sits there picking at you all the time. But if you'll understand what you're doing with the name of Jesus, use it for the purpose that is intended, understand the authority all power is in there. There's nothing that will come against you, not power, not principality, dominion, thrones, names, anything like that is greater than his name. And I think if more of us understood it and respected that more about the name of Jesus and understand what you can do in his name to affect a good witness for him, to help humanity, to do all the things God wants us to do, we'll be more effective as believers. But understand what's in his name. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you, Lord. We love you. We lift you up, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised and adored. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to manifest your glory through understanding the authority and the power that is in your name. 
The same spirit that raised you from the dead also dwells in us and makes alive our mortal bodies and causes us to open our mouth so that you can fill it with words. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us true understanding and true knowledge of who we are and the authority and power that we have in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you.